Welcome to the podcast, the special event studio, COVID Conversations. My name is Scott North. I am the sales manager for TO Live. TO Live manages the three City of Toronto theatres, Meridian Hall in the St. Lawrence Centre downtown and Meridian Arts Centre uptown. My responsibility is to get private, non-ticketed special events into all three venues. We were about to launch the special event studio podcast when COVID-19 hit. Because we are now living in a different world, we want to get some perspective from my colleagues in the event industry and how they are managing. Welcome to the podcast, the special event studio, COVID Conversations. Well, Will, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Scott. Hanging in there. I guess the latest in the middle of this pandemic is we start to have an uptick. What do yeah. you think? Uh, it's it's a little uh, nerve-wracking. I, I think there's a bit of... Uh, a bit of solace in the fact that you know there is an uptick in cases but like we've also really increased testing so if you compare like they always like to go back and compare the numbers now to what they were before but like before we were testing like 8000 people and now we're testing 20000 people a day so if you do that kind of math you figure it out oh it's not not terrible but it's still not a great sign and the numbers are still rising so Oh, but okay, that makes sense. And and if you test more, you're going to get more numbers, right? Yeah, and I know I know like Donald Trump has been memed for saying that a lot, but like that is you know that is what we're seeing now. But we are still seeing a rise in cases compared to like last week and the week before, where we're getting a hundred a day and we were testing that same number of people. So you know, obviously, it's double what it was last week. So that's still a bad sign. <laughs> It's just not as bad as it as it may seem. Okay, so so I see stuff like BC and they're they're scaling back their phases. Would they would they not be in the same boat? Like would they not be testing more people as well? Yeah, and they are testing more people, and I think their numbers were actually sharper than ours. Their increase is a lot steeper. Um, so like that was a lot more nerve wracking for them. Um, considering like especially Toronto and the GTA, we are the most populous part of the country, so. You know, our numbers are always expected to be a little higher. Uh, um, at least that's how I understand it. And that's kind of how I cope with it, I guess, for lack of a better term. Okay. But, okay. Well, yeah, it, coping. Coping is, is a good word, Will, because uh, I just, I really dread the possibility of having any type of scale back. Like, you know, BC, they, they meeting uh, venues have, have been shut down again. Ironically, this morning, we just uh, booked our first, confirmed our first event All right. within this pandemic, you know, yeah. under the protocols and everything. And I'm very excited by that. But again, it just lends to the other side that the possibility of a another, you know, setback or, you know, change, change of the phase that that worries me. Yeah. But what are we going to do? We're all in this and we're going to continue to, to, to work through it. And uh... and the, the colder months are coming, so people might be less inclined to be outside. You know, And there's always a bit of a lag time. So this increase in cases we're seeing now might be reflecting you know, up to the last two weeks. So when we had a really big heat wave, we had lots of people going out to the beaches and stuff and, and being out in public. Whereas now that the cold weather has very quickly come, people will are less likely to be at beaches and less likely to be out for longer periods of time. So they might actually, you know, naturally go back to being inside again and just not being 
as social as they were during the summer because we had such a nice summer. Well, let's hope so. And then when, yeah. when, when they're out, though, we, what do we get? We got to wash our hands, wear a mask, and keep physically distanced. It's yeah. pretty. It's a pretty easy formula if we do it. Yeah, that's that's it. That's the that's the recipe for success. It shouldn't be that hard. Okay, we'll just we'll jump right into our next guest then. Will today we are talking to the founder and CEO as well as the director of client happiness of Staff Shop Inc. Jennifer Menard, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Scott. Great to be here. Great, great to have you and. Jennifer, I'm going to say right now, as Will can attest, Will sitting here as our, our producer in the background, making sure everything's going well. You have been the absolute best to get on here. Bang, you're on. We're dealing with it. We know have no tech difficulties. So thanks for that. I'm happy to hear that. <laughs> and Jennifer, the first thing I'm, I'm going to ask you is, uh, I look at your your title. Um, Founder and CEO is, is, is a given, but uh, Director of Client Happiness. I'm going to take a guess that you took some time to, to come up with that and some time and some thought. How did you come up with that title? Yeah, I'm always a, a fan of fun titles. And so uh, Chief Revenue Officer was another one I thought of. But uh, we like to be, you know, have some fun and be playful with titles uh, at Staff Shop. And so that's where it came from, but it, uh, it it probably also came from my background. I've I've always been a salesperson at heart and uh, was responsible uh, from a director level at uh, the past company I worked for, and so uh, it, it it was a statement I think to my clients that hey I'm still here and I'm still going to make sure that you're happy at the end of the day. Uh, that, and it's obviously that's that's important that your clients are happy and that's that's a that's a big thing. So that's a great title. Now Jennifer, I I. I certainly hope this podcast goes on and on down the road. You know, I would love to have you back because I would love to talk to you about your story. Um, I've, I've uh, done some research. I I saw or listened to the podcast, the chatter that matters from Tony Chapman. He also had a a video, a YouTube video that uh, told your story. You've got a, a long story of perseverance. You overcome a lot of obstacles. It's a, it's a wonderful story, but, can we get you on at another time and we can talk all about that? Absolutely. I would love to. I think it's a perfect, it's the perfect timing because um, after the podcast and interview, a lot of people reached out uh, specifically more interested in um, my personal story and, and the triumphs, uh, triumphs over adversity there. And so uh, we actually have an upcoming blog uh, and the first topic is storytelling heals. And we're definitely inviting um, others to share their stories. And so, uh, it's a hot topic these days, so I'd be happy to do that. And um, another thing to mention would be it, it prompted me to kind of think about a keynote uh, speech and then eventually writing my book that I've always wanted to write. I, I thought I'd be writing it uh, from a hammock in retirement uh, later down the road, but uh, it appears that it might need to be written sooner than that. A, a, a keynote in a book is I would uh, come and watch your keynote and I would buy the book. That's that would be wonderful. Thank now, you. Awesome. And now for, for this, I mean, because we're in the middle of this COVID pandemic, that, that's why we started the podcast is just to have discussions about that. So tell us a little bit about the, your company and, and what you were doing prior to, you know, the middle of March when, when we all got shut down. Yeah. So I'll tell you a little story about how I grew up in hospitality and worked have been working for Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment since 2006. And then I joined a full service staffing firm called The Bag Group in 2008. And that's where I really uh, 
kind of cut my teeth or made my mark in staffing. Uh, and so I created the hospitality and event division back at BAG, and I was given the opportunity to purchase it late 2018 uh, and renamed it Staff Shop. Uh, so I essentially uh, purchased my my client list, um, the thousands of employees we had recruited over the years, uh, and my internal team came with me. And so uh, what that did was it allowed me to focus on a niche that I'm super passionate about, which is hospitality and events. And um, my long-term vision was to to be able to expand globally and staff all the big flagship events. And so in 2019, um, we we started expanding across Canada, uh, landed a few U.S. clients, and then finally landed a client in, in uh, the Caribbean, which to me was uh, a dream come true. Because if you look at my old business plan for, from back in the day, uh, that, that was the plan. It was, you know, be very good at what you do in the GTA first, expand across Canada, and then finally into the islands uh, with a with a focus on global expansion. So uh, prior to COVID, uh, we were rocking and rolling. I mean, we had events booked for the entire year uh, and, and we were expanding as planned. And then, uh, as you can imagine, uh, COVID definitely closed the curtain on all of that pretty much overnight. And, and so now just, just before we go into that with, with how COVID affect your business, so prior to this, you, you would set up a, you would staff an event in the Caribbean. How, how does that work? Well, we have different um, service lines. And so one of them is temporary staffing. The other one is direct hire staffing. Uh, the other one is payrolling services. And the fourth is business consulting. Uh, we now added other services, of course, due to, to COVID, like PPE, cleaning and disinfecting. And uh, we've got a 10% profit share affiliate re uh, referral program as well. But uh, the majority of our business was temporary staffing. So to answer your question about the events, um, most events would require temporary staff across Canada. Uh, in the Caribbean, it was more direct hires. Uh, so people would need um, some of our hospitality uh, candidates or employees for uh, their hotels, restaurants, et cetera, on a full-time basis. Okay. So you, you would uh, recruit people from here and set them up with Caribbean, your Caribbean clients. I got it. Yeah. They always appreciate, um, no, no offense or disrespect to their um, employees, uh, but uh, they like to to kind of mix it up and, and add um, a little bit more diversity because uh, uh, they really enjoy the the education and the the experience that uh, some of the Canadian candidates bring. For sure, for sure. Hey, I, I, if I was a a young lad again and 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 looking to kind of see another part of the country, that would be a way to do it. Oh yeah, for sure. So COVID. Virtually, you know, all, all that staffing in the event business, that virtually shut you down middle of March? It did. Uh, and luckily, because of my background and, and coming from a full service recruitment firm, uh, I could staff any sector I want, really. Uh, I had just chosen hospitality and events because that's what I was most passionate about. But there's nothing really stopping us from um, staffing other uh, sectors. And so obviously, the, the first... Um, a move that made the most sense was to cater to essential services. And so we continued to deploy staff for essential services, including actually some of our hospitality and event clients. They didn't all go away. Uh, just a large, large scale events uh, obviously are on hold. 
Um, and then from there, we just decided to invest in our assets and really kind of understand what our clients might need right now, aside from what we normally do. And that's how, um, you know, being able to be that one-stop shop for them and start providing other services like PPE or cleaning and disinfecting or just connecting them with the right people if we couldn't help them ourselves uh, was the way to go. And that seems to be working out well because it's it's definitely setting us up for uh, even more growth when this craziness is over. Definitely. That's that's awesome. So you, you had the ability to, whereas most of your business prior to was 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 providing staff in one way or another to the to the event industry you were able to provide staff to other industries that were well you said essential services like that that uh you had people that you could just you had access to that you could provide yeah for sure i mean one of the the key initiatives uh for my business partner and i allison was to to build a, a an infrastructure uh, that was very scalable. And so that was one of the fun things about being able to fly out of the bag nest and do things on my own. Um, no offense to bag. I love them. It was a great place to grow up, but, um, being able to be in control of every single process and system, uh, that we want to use, um, it definitely sets us up to be able to handle anything because it's almost the same team of recruiters that can recruit for, any sector. Uh, if we do need a different type of recruiter, then it's easy for us to uh, source those people. Um, and all of the the efficiencies and, and the processes um, and the, the kind of infrastructure that we've created can, can easily handle uh, any type of other staffing that's required in another sector. It's, it's the same thing. It's just a different candidate that we're looking for. That's, that's very versatile, very impressive. And with the, the security PPA, PPE and the sanitation or disinfecting and that, so you have people that will actually go into venues or, or any other needs and, and disinfect and, and sanitize? Yeah, for sure. We, we actually, the key there, though, is to partner with other organizations that we trust. And we end up co-bidding on uh, business and we'll either let's say we're working with uh, one of our cleaning and disinfecting partners, uh, companies that have done this for a long time and just do cleaning and disinfecting for a living. Um, we will rely on them heavily for the equipment, uh, the products, uh, even some of their, um, their staff, but we will also help them uh, if they do need staff to fulfill the order. Um, and we're essentially um, uh, referring each other uh, depending on on what that client needs, so it's it's just an extra value add for our clients, uh, and and kind of um, just kind of feeds into that one stop shop or that one one solution uh, for everything they need right now. Definitely, and and so it's it almost sounds like uh, like when it happened, when it hit, of course, then you're you're not supplying the staff, the temp staff primarily to the, to, to the event industry. Are you, would you say you're, you're, are you busier now than you were before yourself? Uh, in a way. Yeah. What, yeah. what COVID, yeah, it's interesting. You know, what COVID did was it kind of gave us a gift of time. Um, my business partner and I, we were very focused on, you know, day to day and when, what we were used to doing and what this did was it allowed us to kind of sit back and, work on some of the higher level tasks that usually get uh, uh, put on the back burner. And um, 
allowed us to kind of like refocus and reposition. And so there was a lot of, uh, there was a lot more strategic work that got done um, during this time. And then, yeah, we became, I guess, just as busy, but with different, different things. Sure. Now, aside from yourself and your partner, did you have to lay off or furlough any of your other team members? Um, very few. So we're very proud of that. Uh, and um, everyone actually now is back and have, have awesome. been back as of a couple months ago. Oh, that's great. That's great. So now as, as we're, well, who knows what stage we are in this pandemic, um, but what are your thoughts to, as, a, as an, an event industry, what are, what are we going to look like on the other side? Uh, and I'm, I'm just talking in general because my next question will be how about how about your company specifically because it sounds like you might go through some lasting changes. But how about to start with the event industry? Yeah, for sure, it's a great question. Uh, we're all asking ourselves that question. And going back to my uh, tenure and 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 uh, employment with MLSC, that's a good example. Is when are we going to be able to see twenty thousand people in a stadium again? Um, I don't know, like until there's a vaccine, I don't think, I don't think people are, I don't think it's going to happen or I don't think people would feel safe even if, uh, even if they could. I mean, I've been excited to go out for dinners here and there, but even that experience is, uh, is, has changed. Um, you know, having to wear masks everywhere and, and having to social distance, uh, definitely creates a whole different type of experience. Sure. Um, I had a, a, my wedding was planned in the Bahamas, for example, at the end of March, uh, which, which has been rescheduled now. Uh, but even my guests, for example, uh, we, we have to think about them seriously because we don't want to trek anyone down there um, if they have to, you know, quarantine or social distance or wear masks on the beach or anything. So uh, it's the same idea or concept when it comes to those, that event industry. Um, I think until there's a vaccine, uh, we it's going to be tough and, and, and not as enjoyable. Uh, but even when there is a vaccine, uh, I have a feeling things will be very different. Uh, I think uh, uh, I think they will be different, but who knows? I don't have a crystal ball, so we'll see one day at a time. It is it is a tough question, and and yes, none of us have a crystal ball. But I I agree with you. Even even with a vaccine, I I still think there's going to be a fear factor that's going to have at least some people, at least a percentage of the population that won't do those large live events. For sure. Okay. Now, so that's, that's the industry. Now, so your company specifically, you, you've pivoted, you've made changes, you've, uh, you're starting to get some different, different avenues. Are these going to be lasting avenues of, of uh, business for you? Well, we're certainly hoping they will be, and we are careful about what we decide to dive into because we want them to be lasting. If we're going to invest the time now, we'd like to see some return on, on those investments. Um, things like uh, partnering with certain suppliers or certain organizations uh, and co-bidding, I mean, those are kind of low risk. Uh, if we have to, to dump that kind of business in future, it's uh, it, it won't affect us as much as if we, you know, start a brand new revenue stream and it, and it uh, is no longer in need. Like, for example, people that have decided to manufacture masks or, uh, let's say, sanitizer. If that's no, if you start a new business in that area, uh, I, I would think it, it might be a little risky um, long term. And so, 
So no, I think everything we have now is good. And we've put in a lot of, uh, a lot of different protocols in place to, to protect our employees first and uh, make sure that they're, they're in safe environments. Um, and we're doing what we can here on the COVID side to, uh, to just make sure everyone is, um, uh, is safe and, and set up to, to succeed in future. Wonderful. You had, you said before in the conversation along with right now, you said co-bidding. I thought the first time I thought you had said co-bidding. I thought that's a new term. But, uh, <laughs> co-bidding. I got you. I got you. So uh, any, any last thoughts that you want to share with us, Jennifer, as, as uh, we bring this episode to an end? Um, you know, just thank you for, for having me on. I mean, I appreciate you guys wanting to have the conversation. I highly recommend that people continue to share their stories and, um, keep helping each other in any way, uh, possible. I, uh, I just finished, uh, for, for companies specifically, just a little bit of a gift. Um, I just finished Arlene Dickinson's book called reinvention. Oh, and, yeah. uh, great, great book, uh, especially for this time of the year. Uh, and just really encouraging um, people to think about their currency combined with their purpose, um, uh, which which equals your superpower in her book. Uh, and so really thinking about that during this time so that you can kind of um, springboard into uh, wh- what's what's meaningful and purposeful for you as a person or as an organization after this is is key. So I thought that was a uh, a good book and a good thing to share. When, and when did that come out prior to the, the pandemic? Uh, you know what? I don't know when her book came out, but uh, it just ended up on my desk and perfect timing. And I just thought I'd sh- share that FYI. No, that's, uh, I love a good book. I will pick that one up. So thank yeah. you for that. And Jennifer, you, you've got a, a great story, um, a very inspiring story. You've got an impressive business. Uh, it, it's it's wonderful to, to hear um, because, you know, as you can imagine, the people that we've talked to before you and the people that will talk to you after, not, you know, not everybody is, seems to have uh, been so fortunate to, to pivot and, and to keep business going. So good for you. Um, all the best to yourself and your family. And, and uh, you are the first person that we've talked to that had a wedding scheduled that had to be postponed. We'll, we'll wish you all the best with that when we come out of this. Um, but uh, all the best. I look forward to seeing you when we get out of this. No, thank you, Scott. And you just made me think of uh, something else. And it's just, you know, really uh, encouraging people to take things one day at a time um, and think about uh, things that uh, that just think about other ways to invest in in everything that you've accomplished uh, so far, which I will leave you with one thing is um, uh, we've been inviting a lot of entrepreneur minded like people or star salespeople who might be out of work and not sure what their next move is to really think about uh, what kind of network they have, what kind of experience, what could they really bring to the table? And the way that Staff Shop is structured, um, we can almost pop up any kind of business or new book of business under our umbrella. Uh, we've got a lot of like scalable processes and systems in place. So um, yeah, if anybody wants to reach out to us uh, nice. in terms of work, uh, we're, we're happy to hear from them. So thank you. Uh, hey, thank you. That's, that's awesome. And, and hopefully... Somebody will hear that, that, that needs that, and, and we'll reach out to you. And, and <clears throat> this is the podcast episode that will not end because I'm going to leave you with one thing. A very wise person said a quote that resonated with me, and that person said, don't let anyone steal your peace. <laughs> That's a good one. 
that yeah. is a Jennifer Bernard quote, and and I, I like that one in this time. Um, so we'll leave everybody with that. Jennifer, again, all the best and uh, hope to speak to you soon. Thanks so much, Scott. Take care. While our doors are closed for the moment, we certainly still are working into the future. If you need anything, don't hesitate to shoot me an email at scott.north at tolive.com. That's S-C-O-T-T dot N-O-R-T-H at T-O-L-I-V-E dot com. Thank you very much for listening.